It's shocking to me how important work is and yet how broken finding the right job can be. Everyone's had a bad experience. Trawling through irrelevant job ads, not knowing the salary, applying and then never hearing back. And for managers, wading through irrelevant applications or sending hundreds of LinkedIn emails, hoping for a response. But it doesn't have to be this way. Otter matches the right people with the right jobs at all the most exciting companies. It was founded to make finding a great job less soul-crushing. I use Otter when I'm hiring at Heights, and honestly, I love it. Candidates simply answer a few questions about what they're looking for, and Otter serves up only relevant jobs that match their skills and preferences. This smart matching means companies receive more relevant applications, helping them find the very best people much faster than before. So, if you're looking for the right job, or you'd like to hire smarter, check out otter.com forward slash secret leaders. That's O-T-T-A dot com forward slash secret leaders. The ride up was so high. Like I had John Doerr introducing me as the next Jeff Bezos to other people. Can you imagine what that would be like? And then for that all to be taken away from you. So it was extremely traumatic for me personally. And I'm still honestly still recovering from it. And I have a lot of battle scars. That's Kevin Gibbon talking about his first company, Ship. There was huge excitement when they launched. They raised $62 million in five years and at their peak were valued at $250 million. But the company failed. So what went wrong? From Secret Leaders, I'm Dan Murray-Serta and this is our Bite Size series dedicated to failure. We're doing this because we don't talk about failure nearly enough and yet it is the best teacher. Plus, it's far more interesting than success. Ship started in 2013, when Kevin had the idea of taking the Uber model and using it for shipping. He created an on-demand service where customers would take a picture of what they wanted to send, a courier would come and pick it up, and then take it to a warehouse to be packaged and delivered using major shipping companies. The way that we started, we started with consumers and just the competitive dynamics of that market. As an actual user, I would love it if that existed. People come into your home within an hour, um, having something packaged for you, and then not charging like an extra $50 because customers just wouldn't be able to pay for that. Looking back at it, nobody's really attempted that business again. The company grew extremely fast, at least with investors. We raised our seed round probably within like three months. And then our series A was probably about a year later and our series B was probably about a year later. There was probably about a a three year time period that all of this quote unquote success was really jam packed. They got a lot of attention, but not necessarily from the right people. We did get a lot of external validation. I think that that was really great. I'd say that back then, those were probably my highlights getting written up in the New York Times and all of those different things. And, and also just our customers just loving the experience. Looking back at that, those are definitely not the things that you should really be celebrating. But at that time in my junior self, those are, those are definitely the times that I remember the fondest. There was just a lot of external validation. And that at that time, um, 
it, it kind of it it gave me internal validation that we really were on to something. This really was going to be an extremely meaningful and long-lasting company. They faced the classic problems of an overhyped startup. We didn't really focus on building a real like cash flow positive business. We focused on the customer and that was amazing and having a great product is great, but unfortunately that's just not enough. The first three years on this roller coaster ride up and then the second two years, we were just trying to make something work, but it was very clear that the market also has changed. So the Uber of businesses were not getting funded the way that they were. So there was no more capital for us. And so we had to try to figure out how we can be profitable. And we made a lot of movement. But at the end of the day, our growth rate started tapering off because we were focusing on profitability. And it was just this this two-year journey of trying to make something work that was extremely painful for everybody involved. We had so many amazing people that we hired on the way up that left. Um, we got back to a very small team. Um, and then we actually did iterate and, and try to actually pivot to, to now a version of what I'm working on uh, now. But we just had so much history into the company that it just wasn't, it was impossible to con- continue on. When ship failed in 2018, Kevin was left questioning his own value. Your identity is really tied up in this thing. I, I remember like following as we unwind the company, like even myself, my mental health was not great. My, my therapist is like, you need to detach that from your actual identity. But I think it's just so hard. You really do get your identity attached to the, the company. And I definitely did. So I was riding the highs with the company. And then when ultimately it didn't work out, I was riding the lows, which were like some of the lowest lows that I've ever had in my life. The impact of this traumatizing failure only became apparent to Kevin months later. I think my lowest moments were probably after the company shut down and I started Airhouse, which is my new company, well, new four and a half years, four and a half uh, years new. As soon as we, we stopped ship and we unwound it and we sold the assets and I was no longer a part of it. It was really like the next day, we, myself and my, my co-founder, Sarah, who worked for me at SHIP, we decided we wanted to go and we, we had something that was working, which then later turned into Airhouse, but we didn't take any time off. Like it was the next day that I was officially not attached to SHIP anymore that we incorporated the company and didn't take any time to reflect. Also, like my my personal position, like I didn't sell any shares of the company. I was in no financial position to take a few months off. I had a wife and a young son at the time. I still do have a wife, but had a young son at the time. Uh, and I honestly needed to, to get another job. So it was either go work at a larger company, which fortunately I did have other offers um, from, from people seeing that what I, what I was able to build at ship was really great. But I, I also had a lot to prove to myself and even externally as well. Like I, I rode this high roller coaster and I felt like I was, I was on top of the world. And I, I really thought that I could do it again. But the, the worst times were, were probably six months into Airhouse, a year into Airhouse, where things were going well. But then I think that my body, I was no longer running on adrenaline and my, I don't know, my hormones and or whatever was happening. I just started getting a lot of anxiety, started getting panic attacks. And it was really 
a traumatic time in, in my life, even though that I had this new company, we, we raised from really great investors, we had early customer traction. But it was then I think that I don't know, my mind or whatever, it was able to kind of re relax a little bit and stop running on that adrenaline that that was probably my, my lowest point. Despite the rise and fall of ship having a massive impact on Kevin's mental health, what he learned from that experience has helped him become a better leader. I'm, I'm glad that I did it the way I did it, but it was extremely painful going through. Going through all the mental health problems that, that I had and I'm still working through. But I, I, I really, I just, I, I, I see what I, what I was able to do at ship from a product perspective and like a recruiting perspective from both investors and amazing employees and everything like that. And I was like, I think I, I do this again. And, and also I, I, I do have something to prove. I, I, I want to prove to myself that I'm able to actually run a successful, profitable, very meaningful business, very large business. And I actually do believe that Arrowhouse can be potentially a, a, a public company one day. That's how big the opportunity is. And so I'm glad that I, I didn't at that time take another job because I definitely would have been un unhappy doing that. And I would always kind of wonder like, what if I didn't do that? Kevin learned something in particular, which I think is so important, but very difficult to do. I, I think that it's really, I think external validation is really not healthy um, for, for really anybody. I think, and I see this with so many different industries right now, I, I think of uh, fintech and crypto and all these different companies that probably didn't have, uh, fintech definitely did, but there was a, there was a huge um, bubble, I, I would call it. And the, when you see these valuations soaring and you're in the cover of whatever magazine and all of that stuff, I don't think that's that's healthy for anybody. The same thing that being an actor and, and, and probably earlier on in your career when you when you have a, a lot of early success, like that's really not good. I think that it's probably better if you have it later on in life and that you've went through some hard times and realize that it's not all gonna go extremely well. But I think that that hype cycle doesn't really help anybody it, it may help you get that next round of funding or it may get you help you get that next customer. But I think that building a startup is really a grind. And it's it's really about talking to your customers, really building a, a, a business that makes sense. Definitely when you're starting, go slow to then go fast. Like only take on uh, venture capital when you're ready to actually deploy it. It's, it's really, it's like rocket fuel. So yeah, when you first start, maybe you, you have to raise a few million dollars to get an initial prototype together with, with some engineers and that kind of th the things. But for additional rounds of funding, like you should only be taking it if you are busting at the seams. You have this demand from customers that they're basically pulling you all in, in all these different directions. And I'd really say that you should stay away from getting swept up into the hype cycle, the press, the news, everything, until you, you really have something that really makes a ton of sense. Kevin Gibbon, co-founder and CEO of Airhouse. Validation is important, but as Kevin knows, too much of it can skew perceptions on what's actually important. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of our bite-sized series dedicated to failure. I've been your host, Dan Murray-Serta. If you like this episode, hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. See you next time.
Here at Mindset Win, we want to give you the tools to become better at what you do. Taking inspiration and wisdom from our guests, we will hear stories, strategies, tips and tricks. Told by leading names in sport and beyond. Who know what it takes to get to the very top. There will be two episodes each week packed with amazing stories and practical takeaways for us all to follow. Search for Mindset Win on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app.